Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Tim Tai. Tim, if you want to give us uh, a little bit of an intro to yourself and we'll jump in. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Tai. I call Edmonton. Alberta, uh, Alberta, Canada, home, and uh, very, very happy to be back here again with Glenn because we haven't been investing on and off in the last 10 years in the U.S. markets as well, and recently just decided to retarget and probably why I got reinvited back too. Yeah. <laughs> and just happy to share my stories and my experiences and uh, happy to answer any questions if you want to reach out to me in private afterwards. Awesome. So let's jump into your your trip. So you, you went to Hawaii and then you got stuck? Last, yeah, like about a year ago, actually no, February last year. Yeah, mm -hmm. we went to we went to Hawaii. It wasn't so much that we got stuck. It was basically just, we were getting cabin fever from not going anywhere all of 2020. Yeah. And for, you know, for people that don't know me, um, I used to travel 200 a plus a year. And I love that lifestyle. I enjoy traveling, exploring new places, going to see different markets, investing in different markets. And uh, the reason why we actually took the trip was because A, cabin fever, B, we actually lost our dog at the end of 2020. Uh, and my husband and I were getting pretty depressed. Like we both been actually had been clinically depressed in the past and we could see all the signs coming on. So we're like, you know what, whatever it takes, let's just go somewhere. We need a change of scenery. And so we booked, we booked um, Hawaii for 17 days. And then as right before we left, they were already talking about the hotel program and all that. And um, halfway through, they said, yep, it's going to kick in. The moment they say, yeah, it's starting on a certain day. I think it was like February 25th or something. And we were coming home on the 26th. Yeah. I remember that because I'm like, well, we're definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. And at first, I actually made an attempt to call because initially there were only a few hotels per airport. So I remember when I was in Hawaii, I was making calls and waiting, like put on hold for like two, three hours for two, three days in a row. And at, after a certain point, we just said, F it. We're not going to we're not going to deal with that. We cancel our return flight. So we ended up staying in Hawaii for almost a month. That we sounds extended amazing. our trip. It was <laughs> exactly there's, you know, worse <laughs> problems to have for sure. <laughs> and then we ended up going to Phoenix. So we flew to Arizona and spent another month there. All of March, we were there. And that's actually what, how and why we decided to have a second home now and to start snowboarding in Phoenix. And oh. so now we're actively house hunting for ourselves. However, that's going to be a bit of a combined thing, meaning we're going to Airbnb it out when, it, when we're not there because we still love traveling a lot. And you're an investor, so why, why not? <laughs> exactly. So we're going to Airbnb that out and uh, while we're not there. And when yeah. we're there, we're going to have a home base in the U.S. as well, because one of the things is that we've decided to be a bit more active in the U.S. markets again, because over the last few years, we were a lot more active in the U.K. markets and then COVID hit and every, everything sort of stopped. And we kind of came back to Canada and we started growing the Canadian portfolio. I mean, in the last year and a half, I mean, it's not a, it, they weren't big years. However, we only added about 80, 84 doors. And Ooh, just 84 <laughs> <laughs> for us, that's yeah. slow, 
Yeah. So everything's relative. I mean, I yeah. know for some people it sounds like a lot. However, you know, we do work with a investor group as well. So really, we are the management partner. We are the capital management company, yeah. and so eighty four is not a whole lot after yeah. the split with everybody. Right. Okay. And um, anyway, so yeah, that was really what got us to decide to spend more time in the U.S. Because after Arizona, we decided to go to New Orleans. We went to Georgia, went to Savannah, went to Orlando, and then we took a week off and went to Mexico. And then we ended up back in Seattle. So and many so places. Came, <laughs> I know. So that's how it ended up. 17 days turned into 93 days in total. And we ended up basically. <laughs> so what happened was because we were in Seattle. And so we... We got family in the lower mainland in Vancouver area, in the Vancouver area. Yeah. So we got our friends to drop us off at the border. And we literally walked across the border like a bunch of hobos. Yeah. And we got picked up by Ray's brother. And, you know, we got dropped <laughs> off at the airport and came home. <laughs> That's how the whole thing ended to bypass the hotel thing. <laughs> so you're going and you're you're going all over. I heard New Orleans, uh, like all over Georgia, the Georgia, yeah, Florida. So did, yeah. were you looking at real estate when you're doing there, or just absolutely? I mean, every time we go anywhere, and that's the thing. And one of the biggest things that I learned early on is we no longer have personal vacations. They're all business trips now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, there's there. some personal time. However, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's really, I mean, I don't want to use the word passion because that sounds really cliche. However, I'm just naturally fascinated by it. Every time I go to a place, I mean, where can you go that does not have real estate? Everybody Cuba. needs a house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I went to Cuba and I was like, I'm going to look at buying some houses here. And I'm yeah. like, no, this is bad news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad news. But anyway, besides yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and that, and that's why, I mean, we're just naturally fascinated by it. And again, I mean, you know, don't, don't just listen to something like this and go, yeah, every time I go out on a vacation, I'm going to write up my entire trips off. No, there are, there are guidelines oh, yeah. that you have to adhere to and really educate yourself on those guidelines. And for us, it just happens very naturally. And plus, well, you know, uh, you know, we started um, a training academy as well. Yeah. And so constantly rediscovering uh, new markets to go into is something that we also train other people to do as well. So it just we've been very blessed to be able to combine our personal interest, passion of travel with our businesses. So it just it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you like you invest in Canada, you invest in the US. Our last episode, we were talking about investing in Scotland and Europe. Um, so like what what's what does it look like these days? What like you did this trip last year? Did that bring more US stuff? Where's your primary focus? Yeah. So like I said, because of COVID and the lack of traveling in 2020, and then we just started to go out again last year, it really reignited our passion in the U.S. market. And I know you're very active. And what, one thing I really love about working with the U.S. power team is that they hustle. They hustle like, like no Canadians would. <laughs> like, like most Canadians wouldn't. So which, which part of the teams? Like you mean the realtors or the, the contractors or? Everybody. Okay. I mean, I think it's because of, maybe it's because of the network that, that we've built over the yeah. years. Every time, you know, I asked people like, for example, I asked you to see if you have a good accounting uh, accountant 
uh, referral and you said, Hey, talk to these guys. Yeah, I got a couple and, of friends. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of, couple of them. And, um, I'm going to name drop so you can decide to cut it off or not. Ali, who you have brought onto the show as well, or your podcast, he's been absolutely amazing because us is not a foreign market for me in the sense that we were active between 2013 and 2017 ourselves. And uh, we decided to stop and, re and grow another portfolio internationally, which is the UK. And then now going back to it, a lot of the corporate structure, asset protection and income protection strategies that I used to know, they've been updated because the government have changed hands and their different policies. And yeah. so it became a little bit confusing initially when we were looking to set up our corporate structure again. And what ended up happening was I was kind of listening to my gut feeling on what might be the best way to do things. And I kept getting pushed around. And then you introduced me to Ali and I talked to him. And basically the moment we spoke, we aligned. I explained to him my thought process, what we're looking to accomplish. And he's like, this is all you need. And I'm like, that's exactly what I thought. And everybody <laughs> else was telling me to do this, do this, do this layer, do that layer, do this trust, do this company in this state, in that state. No. <laughs> so he kept it very simple for me. Yeah. And um, I mean, in the US, we didn't really do much, only picked up three doors in the last three months. However, it's sort of our way to reintegrate into the market and oh, yeah. um you gotta do a proof of concept of them, again right start exactly over. exactly one of them was in arizona the other one is in indiana actually and so for me these are the two markets that i'm interested in and so i wanted to at least just go in small again and that's something that we do is that we don't always just go crazy even though yeah we're buying you know 80 80 unit apartment complexes 100 unit apartment complexes and we build you know yeah. multi units over the years already every time i go into some uh, a brand new market i still start small i mean call it conservative call it protective whatever it may be because again i think i shared this with you i mean i started really young this is this, this year marks 12 years of me being an investor and i'm turning 40 in a, in a couple of weeks here and so what that means is most of the capital that we actually invest with is largely from other people's money yep. and last episode i also shared the last time i was on i also shared that somebody took my money and ran so i know what that feels like and so i'm conservative when i'm in a new market because my job is to protect and grow everybody's wealth and not to gamble people's money away yeah. And most importantly, like you said, proof of concept, I want to get used to the buying process again yeah. in the different states. I mean, the states is a completely different thing, as you know, every so, single state. When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. <laughs> uh, there's so many places you just traveled to. Why Arizona? Why Indianapolis? Why not doing Louisiana when you were there? Why not doing Georgia? What, uh, what, what was the determining factors? The, de uh, the determining factors... 
at this point, it's really, I treat every property like a business. And so from a business standpoint, once again, every single property has to cash flow, which means the rental yields have to be there. The cap has to be there. Um, obviously the good lending has to be there. And despite the fact that most markets are going up, every single lender would still have preferred markets that they want to go into bigger appetites, easier access to funding as you remember, because we did a deal together and sometimes yeah. lending and refi can take a long time because it's not the type of property or the, not the type of market that the lenders are looking at. And that yeah. delays everything. And time is everything, especially when you're on borrowed money. Oh. And I'm preaching. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally understand that. <laughs> exactly. And so what really ultimately determined it is that as much as Atlanta is, in my opinion, Atlanta is still a very viable market. It's just that the numbers are a little too tight because again, as professionals, when we run numbers, it's not as simple as, hey, you get your rent payment, that is your revenue. And then you minus what we typically call your pity payment, which is your mortgage payment, taxes and insurance. Yeah. Really for most of us, especially when you're running at a scale, you're not the property manager yourself. So property management and all the building maintenances need to be taken into account and your marketing and your reacquisition and your turnover and your cleaning and your regular lawn and snow, depending on where the property is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we we build those numbers in very, very strictly and very conservatively. And it just really worked out. It just the way it worked out is Atlanta, as great as it is, it's great economy drive, economic drivers, huge yeah. city, great population growing. It just it's squeezed a little too tight. And so that's why we started to look into more of the Midwest states as well. And I landed on Indiana. I mean, Indiana is really not a huge secret, I think, for many people that do actively invest in the U.S. Yeah. And, um, and again, the, the first five years when we were there, I never went into that market. We were in Florida. We were in Arizona and we were in Texas. That was it. So is that the same strategy for Arizona? Because I, I totally get that for Indiana because yeah. I invest in Indiana as well. Yeah. For yeah. Arizona, I find it's a little bit, a little bit more expensive. Oh, Arizona's getting stupid expensive. <laughs> can I say that? Yes. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, as investors, prices obviously still matter. However, we always say that it's not about how much it's going to cost me. It's how much it's going to make me. If a $10 million building can generate you better return, I'd rather buy a $10 million building and do the fundraising and go through the work and due diligence process for that than buy a $100,000 building that's going to be in the negative. So from an investor's mindset, no problem. However, if um, I don't know if you remember, I, the way I invest and the way I teach is also very much strategy first, and then we pick the market. So SMP, as I mentioned last time, mm -hmm. strategy first, mark, and then you let the markets determine what, let your strategies determine your market to see if it supports your strategies. And then once you've got your markets picked out, then you start property shopping. So that you're not wasting your time and so the reason why arizona became viable still is simply because of the fact that we decided that we wanted to snowbird right and, and um, another obviously... thing on the other side of this because it's a little different because you're talking about doing a uh, larger multifamily in arizona and there is some advantages to doing uh multifamily in compressed cap rates because any change you make is multiplied so much bigger you're talking yes. about much more expensive and much more money, but yes. any change you can do to improve that building is multiplied. Yes. 
it's all leverage. Totally. It's all leverage, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yep. uh, anyway, I thought I'd just throw that in there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So, uh, why, why stop the first time? I, I know that like, uh, investing in Europe is even uh, down in going into the South America sounds really sexy yeah. to me too. Is yeah. was that the the draw or why why pull out of the U.S. back in would you say 2018, 2017. Yeah. Well, I mean, without it being because this was a, I'll just say this: it was a, it was an extremely frustrating time okay. because at that point it hit me, and without going too much into details, really, it just really hit me. I think most people will understand this: how liberal most of our money partners were. Okay. <laughs> so this was the beginning of 2017. If you, if everybody can recall what happened in US elections at the end of 2016. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so many, many of our money partners, they did not want to keep their money in the US anymore. And that's also why we had to either uh, liquidate, that's the funny thing, liquidate or we buy them out. And at the time we just decided that, hey, you know what? that's okay, let's go into a different market as well. And it just so happened that leading up to 2017, I have been learning about the UK market for about a year and a half and I've already been building up sort of my network over there. And so when they wanted to pull out of the US market, I had enough information and knowledge now and connection to say, hey, I found another very viable market and here are some of the strategies that we can use and that would create really amazing returns would you be interested in rather than okay let's liquidate as much as we can in the us and bring it back to canada and see what we can do because at the end of the day if you look at the uk 65 million people in population so almost double canada and the size of the uk is vancouver island yeah really i mean slightly bigger however that's the point the density is there and that's why a lot of us enjoy investing in the us as well is the fact that 10 12 times more population depends depending on if you're looking documented or undocumented <laughs> <laughs> yeah at the end of the day everybody needs a roof over their head yep and whenever you're like uh if you you know if you're the lender like you're a private lender and you put your money in um when you get your money back you need somewhere to put your money in like you don't want your money sitting in your bank account so exactly if you can come up if you can do what yeah. you say you're gonna do give them yeah. the money back when they ask for it back yeah. and then they're gonna be comfortable to give you the money again yeah exactly yeah it was definitely i mean i don't know if it's politics driven or fear driven or a little bit of both however that's exactly what happened so it wasn't that we wanted to exit the market voluntarily yeah. if you will yeah yeah yeah, so I'm really excited yeah. because now having been building our own portfolio for a lot longer now, we have the capability to just go down and do proof of concepts with our own funds now. And um, yeah, and we're already starting to let some people know and many are already gearing up to go south with us again. So so what is the plan? Is it to buy a, a big building or what, what, what are you thinking? Well, or is that, am I, is that top thing, secret so, at that point? No, no, it, nothing. You, you know me, I'm overbooked. <laughs> nothing is ever top secret. I mean, I, I really do believe that there, there are enough deals to go around. And everybody's goals and stages in life and their investing career is different. Nothing, yeah. Oh, yeah. nothing really is a secret. Um, so I will share this, though, because I was actually back in Phoenix in November, end of November there as well, right before US Thanksgiving. And we went back to, uh, we stayed in Scottsdale. So for people that know the Phoenix metro area a bit better, I mean, 
first of all, I actually did not know until March last year that Phoenix is actually either, depending on what report you're reading, either number five or number six, this fifth or the sixth largest city in the United States based on population. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> and because at one point I, I remember driving around Phoenix last March and going, man, it takes like two hours from one end of the city to another. Hmm. It's crazy. I mean, not Phoenix, Phoenix, however, Phoenix Metro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And because we have friends that live in different parts of Phoenix Metro. And I remember when I were going to a couple of parties back to back to yeah. visit friends. Yeah. And I realized it's like, it's an hour. It's an hour one way. It's crazy. And I'm barely touching like a quarter <laughs> of that whole area. Anyways. And so obviously because of that, um, I started to really get interested. And plus the friends that we were visiting, they're also real estate investors themselves. They've been in that market for 12 years from Vancouver. They've never left the market and they're laughing all the way to the banks right now because the last three years have just been insane. When we were there in March, I learned that in 2020, because of COVID, kind of like what happened to the Canadian markets, the Phoenix metro area overall, on average, single family homes went up by 60% in value. Six zero? Six zero. Six zero. And everybody's going, what the heck is happening? And then we started to really dig deep on, dig down on the numbers. And turns out it was all the Silicon Valley people. When they got their work from home, permanent work from home notice, they bypassed Nevada and they went straight into Arizona. Does they anyone live in California anymore? Because like a couple of years ago, <laughs> it was like a big story. Everyone's leaving California and going know. to Texas. Like <laughs> they're getting recalled though. Some a lot of them, especially in the valley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I have a, I have quite a bit of friends that work out of Silicon Valley. And but, um yeah, yeah. and one of them a young really, guy renting there. It's a little pricey. It is insane. Yeah. It is insane. So like my friend, uh, a friend of mine works for Stanford and he got permanent work from home notice. And the next month he bought himself a place in Maui and it moved. Maui. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've like, done some like, like talks with some lenders on uh, Maui yeah. and over there. And it's like, uh, like people try to do these as investment properties and even to mm -hmm. do them as Airbnbs, they're really tough to, to yep. make them cash flow. Oh, Two absolutely. million, $3 million places. Oh. Yeah. Multiple million dollar places, condos. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Um, a couple of our friends in Oahu, in Honolulu, in the Honolulu market, yeah. they're they're realtors, and uh, I don't know if I if I can plug for them. They're called Team Lolly. Sure. Anyways, sure. <laughs> <laughs> amazing people to work with, and they're very good friends of ours. And every time we go, they take us out to like comedy clubs. We go on their private yachts, and we go into the middle of the Pacific, and we get to dive uh -huh. in the ocean with nobody else. <laughs> and um, anyways, they're amazing to work with. However. Obviously, we were chatting about maybe us acquiring some properties over there because, again, where else yeah, would you want to yeah, go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going back to Oahu uh, in, in about four weeks here again as well. Oh, awesome. So, <laughs> and so they're basically, it's, it's not even the value, it's taxation. Yeah. And this is why beginning, I mean, how we opened this is you, you were asking me all, all the places that we went to, why only two different cities right now Yeah, is because of taxation. 
I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, as investors, when we're running numbers, every numbers that we run is net profit. However, let's not forget about taxes. The government always wants a piece of that. Yeah. And so again, everything we do is above board. You gotta, you gotta adhere to the tax codes and tax laws. However, there are states that will allow you to be a bit better off if you structure your businesses correctly. And that's really ultimately what made us decide on those because yeah, no problem buying, you know, a, a nice property beachfront in Hawaii, rent it out. And then that'll be our winter home. That sounds way sexier than Arizona, really. <laughs> Arizona still sounds pretty good. That's uh, yeah. I do like it. <laughs> the Florida of the West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Um, Tim. If uh, yes. people wanted to track you down, uh, want to know about uh, Trust Your Talent or any of your other yeah. stuff, do your plugs. Tell, tell everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it's very, it's, for me, it's very easy. I mean, we started Trust Your Talent and we're now coming, oh, celebrating two years already and we're going to our third year. We are really, our mission statement is to create financial independence one person at a time. And very proud to say over the last two years, we've created amazing results. I'm just happy because I'm a regular Joe. If Go back and listen to the first, first episode that you and I did. Uh, nobody special. I didn't, I wasn't born with a silver spoon, really just learned and improved on my financial education, leveraging real estate and worked really hard for the last, for the first 10 years. And I mean, I'm 12 years in now and uh, just really want to create a vehicle to properly give back. So look me up on trustyourtalent.ca and uh, you can get a hold of me anytime or you can look me up on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash the Tim Tsai. Very, very straightforward. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man, for having me again.